As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of When Your Sport Ends, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? I'm Brooke Beerhouse, alongside my co-host, Don Sutton, who is a crypto botanist at the moment. Crypto botanist. Yep, I think so. Cryptocurrency, botanist, jack of all trades. You coined it. Yeah, I'm coining that phrase, a crypto botanist. I don't know anyone else that's doing it right now. It's like uh, that Dr. Pepper commercial. You're one in one million or whatever. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. good one. Mm -hmm. Well, anyways, we are two crypto botanists here to talk to you about friendships and teammates relationships after leaving college and even after leaving the team. Something that resonates with me a lot is the need for friendships after college and during and just in life in general. Those are relationships that are important to growth and I think are needed but sometimes we lose touch or we don't value those friendships or put the work into it and it can be hard to restart those friendships later on or rekindling or rekindling yeah I'm lucky though because a friendship very that means a lot to me and has come back into my life in the last two or three years thankfully is with our guest this week Rachel Price is a former teammate of mine, and we were college freshman roommates, and we've been through a lot, and we're going to talk about that hard time in our relationship. This is a very honest and vulnerable conversation that's about to be had, so you know, I hope it does help anyone who is thinking about reaching out to a teammate or maybe is going through a tough time with a friend. This should be very insightful. Yeah, it's always nice having that. I actually had a former teammate reach out and it had been probably a year since i heard from him really i think quarantine just is getting to everybody yeah it was really awesome it was awesome hearing from him i was glad to hear from him see how he's doing 
talk about how I was doing. And, you know, you always make the promise. All right. It's my, it's on me now. You started it. Yeah. Phone works back. both ways. So, and I keep circling back cause I'm always like, I got to just make a trip down to Austin. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah. And then go from there. And then I could say hi to everybody in Austin. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, anybody who's in Houston, too, if we can coordinate a large enough group. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to touch on a little bit about friendship on your end. I want to hear your take on the importance of teammates. Well, I think it, it kind of starts with that kind of same um, situation you and Rachel were in, in the sense of, my senior year, I didn't swim. Mm -hmm. was with three swimmers, living together. Uh, the way I just, when they were in practice, I just worked on school, which was probably for the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I needed to. And, uh, you know, we didn't have that real falling out, which I thought was interesting. Um, we just kept it going. And we had, like... I don't know if it was just being in Austin or just um, having a good base of teammates, but everybody just kind of wanted to stay in Austin. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people, there were people who went, ended up going to Houston or Dallas, and it made it really easy to just move around places in that area. Um, well, did you, like, your, was it hard for you to be around the team after you left? Was that not... No. Did that it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um I think that chapter had closed and I knew what I was getting into from day one as far as trying to commit to it that team and um it was hard. It was hard for me personally, but um I think I was mature enough to understand that at the end of the day like you're you've known these guys for three years of your life you spent the time together as much as you have there's no in my mind there was no reason that i should shut off or go cold yeah well to each their own mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad that you had that and were yeah. able to talk because i mean sometimes it's just i wasn't able to really talk about it with any with anyone and i just needed to be more removed and I was so hyper-focused on journalism after that mm -hmm. and what I was going to do next that I didn't feel like if I was around the team, I was not making moves forward. So really? that was hard for me. Yeah. See, that's, that's a little different for me. I felt uh, they were a good outlet for me. That's in a good. Sense. Like, um, like in the free time, we still played video games together. Mm -hmm. We still um, did certain activities outside of swimming. Um Granted, I had to work out in a separate schedule and everything else. Sure. But, um, and I didn't necessarily talk about my state as far mm -hmm. as that goes. I just, all right, I'm done. Kill it. Move on. Do you and think that helped you move on though? No, I yeah. don't think so. I don't think it, I don't think it helped me move on. I just kind of powered forward Coping, through maybe. it. But I think that, that in a way was its own immaturity, right? Just, Kind of being like, all right, I'm going to focus strictly mm -hmm. on school. Yeah. Going to knock it out in four. Then maybe maybe the end goal was to just 
get out and leave the university. Then I got the internship in D.C., which was actually my roommate's mom who hooked it up to go work at Discovery Communications. So, if anything, it brought me closer, and it really kick-started my career. I think from that standpoint, and from there moving forward, it had always been great to me to... Some way, in some way, shape, or form, stay involved with my teammates. Very cool. And before we get started with our conversation with Rachel, um, we wanted to take a second to thank everyone who has rated and reviewed the uh, the podcast. And we wanted to read one of the reviews from a listener and a fan, is what they called themselves. Love the first episode and am looking forward to more open and candid conversations from these two hosts. Thank you for listening to us, a listener and a fan. And if any of you want to leave a review, we would be very appreciative. Rate and review us. It helps to get the podcast up into the playlist and featured content on Apple and Spotify. Definitely. We appreciate the love. And now to our conversation with Rachel Price. Rachel is a marketing and social media professional who doubles as a fitness trainer and a balanced lifestyle blogger. You can keep up to date with Rachel on Instagram at rachelmarie.ig or on her website, balancedbyrachel.com. We might get you started with uh, going ahead and telling us what is a balanced lifestyle in your opinion right now? Sure. Um... I guess we'll, I'll start with what is not a balanced lifestyle, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you know, as former athletes, you two could probably relate. Um, I would say, at least for a cross-country runner, when we were training twice a day, every day, eating as mm-hmm. little as possible, focusing on our weight and letting our insecurities or stress drive our actions was a complete opposite of balance. Whereas I feel like now, and after going through that experience and a couple other experiences throughout my life, um, I'm able to eat whatever I want without restrictions and without feeling guilt. Um, work out, you know, daily or five times a week, depending on how my body is feeling. There's no pressure to be extreme in one area or another. Um, and I think the reason I started the balance blog the balance idea was that um in, like especially instagram and social media is just so saturated with people or at least in the past it's getting better now but saturated with people like bodybuilders who are mm-hmm. you know cutting weight and have such a hard time putting weight back on and they can't see that you know just a normal body type is a, the ideal body type to have and um just putting misinformation out there about what people should be eating and how often they should be working out. Um, yeah. Anyways. And just the mental toll that um, living such an extreme lifestyle can take on you. Um, I just felt the need to try to preach, you know, balance Yeah. to other people. And which is funny because Brooke, we've talked about this briefly, but I'm interviewing to actually I'm interviewing tomorrow, my second interview for a company that's called balance athletica. And they have the same idea, just so awesome. you know, living a life in balance, mind, body, and soul, um, in complete harmony, no stress, you know, whatnot. Just living the, your happiest, healthiest life. So yeah, it's been it's been a fun blog so far. I haven't been as um, as good about getting recipes up there, but lately, because of quarantine, which I'm sure everyone 
is experiences too, experiencing this too, you know, having to cook at home and get creative. I've been coming out with some more recipes. So I mean, those will be awesome. on the blog. Thanks. Did you see mine well, yesterday? All the old ones are awesome. I don't know. The salmon one, the salmon and yeah. potato salad. Is that goat cheese on the side? Wait, which one? Here, I'm going to pull it up. Which one are you talking about? It it was salmon and potato salad, but it wasn't an actual potato salad. It was potatoes and salad. It looked like there was goat cheese on it. That's one Mm. thing that Brooke and I can't share. We can't share goat cheese. We can share it. We each have to have our own plate if any, because we both love goat cheese and (laughs) we we watch and see which one got more and it's really bad. It's the one thing that we can't do together. Because usually we share, this is, we share from a big bowl for having a salad or we just like get two forks and eat. And, Mm. um, and now we're starting to have to sort of go to the Yeah. Man. Well, I don't blame you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see the which one, the simple salmon. And yeah, that was actually blue cheese. So I don't know if either of you would love that. That great, though. Yeah, it did. Right? Mm hmm. Oh, I'm all about my salad. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) The cauliflower and avocado. Mm hmm. God. Honestly, Ray, he's been looking through all of the recipes and got so hungry before this interview. So if we keep going back to the recipes, <laughs> it's because we have hardcore looked through them and our appetites are skyrocketing. <laughs> well, heck yes. I'm, I'm proud. <laughs> so tell I'll us add some bit. more. Okay. Good. I'm sorry. Okay. Good. No, you're fine. I was just going to have you tell us a little bit about when the idea for the blog came or why you decided it was the time to put out that narrative about having a balanced lifestyle because it is so important but i just love to know what the moment was if there was one or the culmination of moments before that sure um i think there was a build-up to it um and i do think it had everything to do with just my mental health journey and really Mm -hmm. i don't want to say finding myself because i don't like that terminology i think Right. You're still there. You're just not in the best headspace or, you know, emotional state. Um, so I guess I can go back to a meeting Logan back in 2016. And that was just kind of a big turning point in my life. And then things just went up from there. Um, everything wow. kept getting better and better. Um, and I won't give him all the credit. I was going through something <laughs> myself too. Right. There was <laughs> if he hears me, work. <laughs> yeah. If he hears me, he'd be like, yeah. I changed your life. No. Um, <laughs> Logan is her fiance, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. And, um, okay, yeah. So when we met in 2016, um, I was just coming out of a very rough patch, and that was right after college, um, after quitting athletics and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and then, you know, took the steps to finding a career. And throughout that, I was just building confidence in myself and more of a love for myself. Um, as cheesy as that sounds, I think prior to that, I just wasn't that fond of myself, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, and, and during that period of time as well, I was trying to, you know, eliminate the negative thoughts and the type of thinking that wasn't allowing me to live life in balance. Um, like the fear of not working out every day, uh, the fear of certain foods, just you yeah. know, things like that. Um, and then just negative self-talk because I didn't achieve the goals that I had for myself in college. So um, flash forward a few years, Logan and I actually moved to Denver and this was February of last year. Um, and 
I don't know. It was just kind of a new beginning, I guess. We were in St. Louis prior to that, um, mainly, primarily for Logan's job. He's a huge Cardinals fan. So mm-hmm. that's why he was there, and I went to be with him. Um, <laughs> so when we finally moved off to Denver, and I was just really happy and enjoying working remotely and looking for something else to do, just to use my creative outlet, I figured, why not start writing again? Why not start blogging? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's how it came to fruition. Um, I believe I started my blog back in April of last year. So it's been a year. I kind of fell off it a little bit in the fall and winter of this past year. Um, but now I'm back into it and it's been a lot of fun. That's good. What do you think about, um, you mentioned about the transition out of athletics being difficult. And of course, that's the whole main theme of this podcast is, that transition period that so many athletes go through and a lot of us don't really talk about. I know we've this in the last couple of months, I think you and I have talked about this more than than we had previously in our friendship. And oh, yeah. I know that Don and I have found a lot of like catharsis in being able to talk and have this shared experience as athletes and trying to figure out ourselves and just that being such a pivotal moment in your life. Can you talk a little bit about your transition, whether the headspace, if you want to go into that, or what it, the different subtopics of what it was like uh, ending college, but then also ending your racing career too? Sure. Um, and you're right. I think we have, you and I especially, have talked about this more than we ever did in the past. And I think yeah. a lot of it had to do with where each of us basically all of, you know, us in our friend group and we were all teammates in our friend group too. We were just in different, you know, mental and emotional states and affected by our running careers or, you know, the the loss of our running careers essentially at different times. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was it was tough. And I I guess transitioning from running to I guess real life, I will say, that was tough because I I wasn't prepared for it in a sense. Um, I was, you know, I made, I chose my major and I was, you know, very interested in public relations, but I didn't intern while I was in college. I worked instead. Um, Not, and not working toward, you know, what I would, would be my career. It was really just working to make money. And then running was the primary focus. Yeah. Um, So when that ended, yeah, that was a a pretty big wake up call. Um, I really had to, just revise my way of thinking and, you know, think about my career and my life after running. And we all know it's going to end at the athletic career is going to end at some point, but when it does, it's tough. Um, And at the same time, um, I think I was one of, I was one of the last people out of our age group um, and our friend group who ran for the team. So I just, at that point, we were all a bit separated and disjointed. And I, I did feel very alone. So it was a lot of a lot of coping with that, um, making these big decisions and trying to figure out what the best move was for me, um, leaning on people and f- on friend groups that weren't the best for me at that time. And it was a, it was about a year and a half of just really hitting a pretty big low um, and then climbing out of it and finding my way. So as much as you know it was a difficult time, ending athletics and then going through that transition period, I do think I'm better for it. I know how to climb out of a low and I know exactly what I want out of life now. So. Are you still running? 
And um, would, did you ever have a break in between if you are still running or? I did have a break in between. So actually yeah. by the time, so I quit halfway through my senior year. Um, so that'd be our senior year, Brooke and I's. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, phys- I was already mentally just a wreck and emotionally um, just drained from the ups and downs of my running career. But at that point, the mental and emotional state started affecting me physically. So when I quit, I mean, I quit cold turkey. Um, yeah. I had to. And my body hurt running. I just I wasn't healthy enough at that point. I just couldn't do it. So, yeah, between – 20, I guess it would be 2015 and 2017, I didn't really run at all. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I started, I tried lifting, mm-hmm. didn't really love it. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. And then it also just, it was, you know, it was kind of a loss that I was grieving it. It made me really sad to go by a track or to see old teammates still running and competing because you know, dreams are crushed. And I had such a relationship with running. I mean, yeah. going back, running is what I grew up with really bad social anxiety, what I now know to be social anxiety. And running is where I found my voice and my confidence. So losing that was like, holy crap. Um, so yeah, so I didn't, I didn't run for like a year and a half, I guess. And then when I started getting back into it, and up until this day, it comes in waves. Sometimes I love it. And I feel amazing. And I feel like I'm back to you know, where I used to be and how my love of running all my life is just back to normal. But sometimes like I, I just, I don't have the motivation. It's really, it's strange because we do, Brooke and I do, and you, you guys interviewed Hannah and we have friends mm-hmm. that they've, you know, um, regained, I guess, or what's the name? Like fixed their relationship with running, I guess. Yeah. Mended it. Um, and they're seeing great success and it's so inspiring because I would love to get back to that place. But um, I'm still a little hit or miss. And at this point, Logan is faster than me. And that's just kind of a little fire under my butt. I'm like, right. What the heck? <laughs> I need to get my butt out there and run. But yeah, so I do don't think... go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Do you think the, uh, the move to Denver has helped at all in that sense? And as far as the life balance project goes, um, what really, what really fired that, um, I guess, uh, transition if you will from the murky part of just not wanting to run at all and then it it sounds like it all kind of hit at once if you will um Mm -hmm. the life balance i don't know if that was uh before or after the move to denver but and then also the move to denver and now figuring out how to balance your life with that yeah um so i think Actually, back in St. Louis, because it was, it's like Arkansas weather, always warm, and yeah. very flat. So and very um, it was, yeah, so it was easier to start running then. Um, so I moved to be with Logan in St. Louis in 20, at the end of 2016. Um, and I really didn't get back into running until toward the end of 2017. Um, and that, and then I ended up only running during the summer. And then the following summer was when I ran. I didn't run during the winter. Um, and I, I don't know, I feel like at that point it was, I wasn't super happy with the career that I had or the job that I had. So it was more of a release. Mm -hmm. Um, and then moving to Denver, honestly, I did think that I would just be so fired up to get back into running, but man, the altitude is hard here. Yeah. So when you're already like, 
No. And when, like, for me personally, when I'm already, like, still wishy-washy with my relationship with running. Yeah. And it hurts. It's hard. It's like, ugh, holy crap. But um, I did actually went around the same time that I started, you know, writing the blog and just really focusing on promoting balance and maintaining balance in my life. Um, I did get back into running and that was April of last year. I actually ran a 10 miler and nice um, in Denver. Yeah. Good. Like, oh, in, it, was it in downtown or in that yeah. area? Or? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I chose the flattest cool. course I could, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't have fun running ten miles. Period. You've said a couple of times. You've mentioned running as a relationship, and it is so true. It really is such a personal relationship that each one of us has with the sport. And I was just thinking, with heartbreak and stuff, you learn so much from it. Are there lessons that you've taken into? from running and from racing in particular that you carry into just life in general, maybe not even in sports or career, but just your life? Oh yeah. That's a great question. Um, well, I guess, I mean, there's always that, you know, motivation and determination that you learn from athletics, you know, you Mm -hmm. learn never to give up and to work your butt off to chase your goals or, um, you know, just to tackle anything that life throws at you. Um, I will say though, most of my the lessons that I've learned at least when it comes to me personally um were through like my losses I guess or the negatives um of running which sadly all hit in college yeah um which I think tends to happen you know but which would mainly be um you know just not learning to not let even if you work so hard towards something you know like back in high school it's around that time, you know, you work really hard and you do see that result immediately. I feel, you know, there aren't as many ups and downs, but when you're at the college level, um, it really, it isn't easy. And there isn't a training plan that fits, you know, just one person or like everyone, you know, we're all individuals. So learning that, you know, one that I'm an individual, you know, what works for everyone won't work for me necessarily. And just having a voice or, you know, speak up in those circumstances, excuse me. Um, here, I'm going to cough. Oh, I'm going to pause. Sorry. (laughs) (coughs) Okay. Sorry. Um, two, I would be just not letting the negatives get me down as much as they used to. Um, and I don't know if it was, I really don't know if it was just like the lack of, you know, fueling my body enough to handle athletic training or what, but, um, when we were in college, I just, any negative that hit was like the absolute end of the world. It was so difficult to take. So any loss in a race, um, any injury that hit was just completely, I felt like ruined my life and I couldn't focus school, blah, blah, blah. So for me personally, it was taking that learning that it's not the end of the world. You have to learn how to twist negative, um, thoughts and make them positive which has really helped me. And I think that's all about balance in your life too. Um, is really not negative, you know, allowing the negative thoughts to creep in and negative feelings or, you know, sadness to creep in, but focusing on the light of the end of the tunnel instead of the negative fully. Um, but yeah, I think those would be the two main things that personally I learned from running. I'm curious to hear what you guys think though. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Honestly, there's so many subtopics in that answer that I feel like well, we're going to get back to because I want to answer your question because that's only fair. You got to ask a question about it. Um, my main takeaway from running is that trusting your the process and not not trying to put too much of um, worth into one certain part of your life. Mm-hmm. Because I think running, I put too much, too much of my self-worth in that for a really long time. And I should have trusted that I should have trusted better in college and in high school what people were trying to tell me. Like, I mean, we'll get to this in just a couple of minutes, but you know, it was, I had a less than stellar career and it was just, all I would be doing hill repeats after we'd already had a really hard track workout because I didn't perform well. And I just didn't trust that rest was an important part of the process. And so mm-hmm. I think knowing now that there's there is a process to everything and I need to be better about letting it play out and trusting it and not wanting results and worth and whatever it is that I'm going after right away. Oh yeah. I completely agree with that. We all were victims of yeah. the added, oh, I'll just do right. another morning workout and that'll make yeah. it better. No. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What about you, Don? My main takeaway from running is avoiding loose gravel. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that is smart. So, mm-hmm. Avoid that See, at all costs. This is why we need you. Yeah. You bring a little light into this running relationship. <laughs> yeah. Rachel and I both have very yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have a hard time. relationships. Exactly. With the I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> Usually, when I just go run, I go run to get Dakota tired. Yeah, know. his dog. Oh, yes, my dog. Yeah, it's really how it started. Running to get Dakota tired. Now I run for a <laughs> If not, in quarantine, it's awful. I am too energetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still eating chocolate-covered espresso beans. Oh, mm. my God. I had to stop. Um, do you remember whenever I ran? It was supposed to be a long run on Sunday that we were doing by ourselves. For whatever reason, it was sophomore year because we were in that apartment. And mm-hmm. um, I had too many espresso beans. And I ran to – was it – Solon? Is that no? That'd oh, Solon. It's Solon. Yeah, I ran to Solon and back. Yes, it's <laughs> the best feeling like, though. Jeez, yeah. it was well, all. It was yeah. Brooke, you used to hide them in your like. I know our dorm in your dresser drawer. Like I need to hide these for myself. I'm like Brooke, you just hit them yourself. <laughs> yeah. You just hit them yourself. I did. Yeah. I would be like Rachel, hide these from me, and she's like, "Well, don't watch me." <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Just in case of emergency. Oh, it was an addiction. Oh, That's why so good, I followed coffee around the world. It all makes sense I mean, now. It does. Take a lot of. So I tell myself. Well, Brooke's yeah. the reason I started drinking coffee. Am I? And yes, I had never had coffee before <gasps> oh meeting you. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you changed my life for the better in so many ways. <laughs> I but... hope so. I hope so. This seems like a perfect place to stop, so that we can hear from our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. While you're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partner, betonline.ag. No NBA, NHL, or MLB, but don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. Madden and NBA 2K simulations. UFC, online casino with poker and blackjack. Chess. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges discuss the Michael Jordan doc on what they call After the Dance. 
There's still fun to be had. So go on to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. So you guys were roommates, teammates. teammates. And you were in the same major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting because when I think about your relationship with running as an outsider, I remember freshman and sophomore year, you and I both would have injuries at the opposite time. So we mm-hmm. never got to race or really work out with each other. And I remember you coming back after an injury and just being like just the best runner that you had in for you know, you just had this spark under you after doing all of these, um, what was it, cross-training workouts mm-hmm. and on the track, and you're just performing so well. And I remember that being a really hard time for me because our, our processes and our timing and everything with the with running and racing at, at Iowa was alternated so much. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Maybe it was for the best for both of us, but um, I know that that sophomore year, it was hard to um, – to not like be comparing. And I felt like I was just in, in a, in a continual comparison. And then I went to, um, Italy that summer and did an internship when I came back my junior year that summer you had stayed and were just, it seemed like in a perfect relationship with the team and running and with Iowa city. And I had come back from Italy and was like, I I have this burning new passion to go after photojournalism and into journalism and stuff and running wasn't doing that for me. And I just remember battling with, am I actually going to be a a part of the team or is that going to be taken away from other things for me? And when I, after our cross country, um, what was it? We went to cross country camp. We got back is when I had that hard conversation with coach and was just like, I, I'm not a contributing other than just maybe morale, you know, and this just some isn't something that I can put my time towards anymore. And I just can't do it. And I hadn't had a chance to tell you about it. I remember I told Hannah before I went in to there because she wasn't on the team at the time and it seemed like easier to talk to her. And I knew if I told you that I wouldn't want to leave because mm-hmm. you and Lena were both, um, still are amazing friends. So I just, that was a hard time after then our junior year is when you and I had more of that, just not enough uh, communication to really be able to understand what journey we were each going through. And I'm only bringing up my experience because I'm curious the simultaneousness of that, how you were actually feeling during that time. And then eventually when we did just have our falling out and weren't able to it was too hard for me to be around the team. And I just hate that that I didn't see that I could separate our friendship from being also so closely tied to running and the team. But at the time, I just couldn't. 
and then your relationship with the you know team deepened and I just couldn't really get myself in there anymore because it just hurt again too much and Don had asked me previously how we reconnected and so I told him that you know, it was what finally we got Hannah's graduation, I think was when you and I got to have drinks and we actually got to just catch up. And it was so nice. I told him it it wasn't even different or awkward. It was just so happy to have someone who I love so much in my life again. But, you know, I'm sharing all of that because I really am curious what then your mindset was like during that time. And we've never talked about this before. So I'm curious if anything came up or like reminded you of where you were at during that time and maybe some things that I definitely didn't know or yeah no it's it's funny that now I completely understand I mean I think you spelled out our relationship perfectly and then coming back together and we it just was like freshman year all over again yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah so I do look back very often and I can see exactly what you explained. I could see what you were going through. But at the mm-hmm. time, I had no idea. Um, and it's very similar to my relationship with Hannah. It was very similar to my relationship with our friend Lena at one point. Um, you know, you all went through your fallouts with the sport prior or before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, you know, it did look like I, I was having success and I was, you know, enjoying it all, and which I did right after, you're right, right after that, I came back from that injury that I had, I fractured my femur. Um, yeah, which is the hardest bone in your body. Like this is the worst thing that could happen. But for some reason at that point, that was just kind of like a turning point for me. And I worked my ass off to get back into shape and to essentially hit the ground running when it came to indoor track. And I did find that success right away. And I was so happy. And I felt like my running self again, like the runner that I had always been. Yeah. And I was, and there was a point that I was just so happy but that only lasted that only lasted i think a season if that and it was mm-hmm. during that point when you had lo- left the team Hannah was already gone she she couldn't really be around me at that point either because she was so hurt by her relationship with our coach and i think i, I was happy but i wasn't 100% there. I had gotten mono, so it set me back a lot in my running career. And then after that, when I was trying to build my way back up to, you know, the running shape I was in again, I kept getting injured. I was working out too much because the cross training you do when you're injured or when you were like me, where you weren't the healthiest, you had muscle to build and the freshman 15 to lose. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You needed that extra um, activity, those extra workouts. But then when you're in a full training program, like you said, you know, you would go do some hill sprints after a track workout. I would go and cross train after a workout, or I wouldn't eat as much that day because I didn't want to, I don't don't even know what I was thinking at that point. So I was, it's funny that like, like I can, I now see that you guys were separating yourselves from me and from the team for a reason. And I totally understand it now at that point for me, I wasn't 100%, you know, finding success or happiness in running. I didn't have like my good friends for my teammates that were my good friends on the team anymore. So it really wasn't at that point, it really wasn't like the best experience for me. Right. I'm glad I put on a front. <laughs> yeah. But- oh, but also that is a, that 
it's one of those things where we both like I think I also was putting on a front with things and it's unfortunate that we did because it would have been good to have each other yeah exactly but I think it's also a growing or you know maturity thing at that point I don't neither you know none of us were able to really communicate like you said how are we feeling or what we were going through or why our relationships are running or so different when they're actually kind of similar mm-hmm. little did we know um so it, it I do think it, it it took a lot of maturing for all of us and I am curious Don is this similar with you know with men with male athletes or with other sports or is it yeah it was kind of keep your keep your head together I came from a team where like if you got to year three, you usually didn't um, usually went on to year four. Uh, we've had a couple who fall out, but it, it's weird. Um, I think from my standpoint, it was okay. Reallocate, reallocate and refocus all of my energy towards graduating. And that's my new number one goal. And I think that that kind of did deteriorate or maybe even put on a front that um, everything was fine. And mm-hmm. there's actually an interesting TED talk about the, your persona oh, and yeah. how uh, you may feel like you're giving off one, you know, vibe or um, kind of tone. And in reality, you're doing okay. Excuse me. <clears throat> in reality, you're giving off a totally different persona. Like you're totally fine. And uh, at that standpoint, it is just maturity. And mm-hmm. I wasn't that mature. I think <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are mature at age 22 or so. Yeah. So you kind of dive in and you do your own thing. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like for us, we were a part of a group where you know no one really made it to year four yeah mm. I Our was incoming class and the class above us yeah wow. I mean Lena was the only one out of her she was a class above us yeah and she... even the class above that too weren't there just three yeah or... yeah I think there were three that le- yeah so it is interesting to hear you say that because and I don't think it that impacted you know our decision making mm-hmm but it wasn't at the point that I left, at least yeah, there was one other person that had been with us since Shannon that had been with us since year one. Yeah. Um, and similar to Brooke, how you felt when I was, you know, I came back from injury and had success and, you know, you just weren't all in at that point. Like I, when I was on the downward spiral, spiral and about to end my career, Shannon was my roommate and having so much success. So yeah. I get that. I completely get that too. And like Don, what you were saying, it's really hard. You know, you're a part of this environment where you want to support these people and, you know, you're still invited to these things and you're still hearing all about it and you want to be a part of it so badly. But at some point you just have to cut, you know, cut them off a little bit or just try to separate yourself. Yeah. For your own mental health, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. we're lucky that we found our ways back. Yes. Going back to when you met Logan and this kind of really great turning point happened with your fitness and getting a certified, becoming a certified trainer and, you know, just having more love for yourself and everything too. How do you explain to Logan that experience with running in the relationship 
that you have with the sport? Is he, does he understand it? Or like, what did, how do you relate that to him or describe your experience to him? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't really talk much about my running career because I think I've told you this before. It's just, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm fully healed from that experience. Yeah. I feel like it ended on such a negative. Um, and when I think back, it's sad, but it's really hard for me to focus on the positives, to focus on, you know, the times I hit or the times that I was in the best shape of my life and I was so happy are unfortunately overshadowed by the ending of the career. The last year where I was just a total wreck mentally, emotionally, and then physically. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really talk about it much. He'll, he'll ask. And of course he's a proud fiance and yeah, I'll bring up that I was a collegiate athlete and, you know, such like that. Um, but he also knows that I've dealt with anxiety my whole life and he understands that that was a huge, you know, contributing factor to the end of my career as well. So, um, I don't know, I guess when I, I look back, I talk about, I try to tell him about the good times that also, you know, the struggles that I went through and the injuries and how I came back from that and how, you know, how awesome that feeling was and how it showed me that like we can come back from anything essentially. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if we really, I don't really talk about it much. I mean, I should well, start sharing more. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about it because I know how how much it the sport means to you and yeah. is such a you know identifier in your life. But I too, I mean, I I never really talked about it with anyone other than Don, which who was the one who kind of and my mom, who he's the one who spurred this realization that I'm not the only one that had a just a horrible time coming yeah. after out of it. And I'm so glad that we've been able to open this dialogue and on a personal level, I'm so happy that I've been able to have this dialogue with, with you and with Hannah and with former teammates and friends and everyone that we've had on the podcast. It's really been eye-opening and hopefully we're hoping that it'll help people who are in transition right now or, you know, the process never really ends. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it definitely will. You guys are doing something amazing. I just Thanks. keep thinking if we had this resource back then, right? it would have been, you know, so reassuring to know that. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Everyone goes through it in their own way. Now you guys are doing some wonderful things. Keep it up, please. <laughs> Thanks. Looking back and then just listening to some of your episodes too, it does occur to me that back when we were in college, there wasn't really a focus on like mental health mm-hmm. or communicating the mental side of athletics, which is so incredibly important. Yeah. But I do feel like that is very much highlighted in today's world. So even though there are obviously stubborn college students and, you know, not willing to, especially athletes too, who, you know, think that we're doing everything right and whatnot, I do think that there is still more of a dialogue when it comes to, I don't know, just your emotions and your mental state when it comes to the sport. So thank goodness. Yeah. I still think you guys. Progress. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it up. Well, our last question that we always like to ask is what advice you'd give to your former collegiate self or any collegiate athlete right now that, you know, could really use some words of wisdom. What would that advice be? Oh, yes. Um, I guess it it goes back to what I was just saying. Um, Really pay attention to your mental and emotional state and speak up. If you're not mentally or emotionally there, 
100% into your sport at that point, if you're not 100% happy with your sport, then something needs to change and you need to vocalize it. Um, Whether it's to your teammates, you know, which I think would be the best route because Mm -hmm. there is that trust and that bond Um, or your coach or, you know, there's so there's staff, there's family, but really just speak up and then you'll realize that there are other people who are there to help who can guide you on the right path or like what you're doing with this podcast. There are people that are experiencing the same thing and you're not alone. So as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 